Hello, everyone. I'm Emily Lavender, and this is the Forever Marriage Podcast. Forever Marriage at Lakewood exists to strengthen families by helping couples discover God's design for marriage. All right, here we are in Season 2, Episode 14 of the Forever Marriage Podcast. We are in Six Keys to Better Sex in Marriage. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, Scott and Dawn, glad you guys are here with me today. We're going to continue on in our series. But before we do, Scott, why don't you just kind of walk us through the first five keys? We're going to be jumping into the, or the first four keys. We're yep. going to be jumping into the fifth one today. So just review kind of where we've been before we get started. All right. Yeah. Where we are, uh, where we've been, I should say, is we've been looking at six keys to better sex in marriage. And key number one was simply align your thinking about sex with God's truth. In that episode, we talked a good bit about faults and distorted beliefs that we bring into marriage about sexuality and just aligning our hearts and our affections with what God says is true. In key number two, we dealt with uh, sexual sin, both past and present, and what affects sexual sin that we may have or may be in our marriage that we brought into it, what effects, if any, does that have on our sexual sexual relationship in the context of marriage. Key number three was regard each other's needs as more important than your own, and that was really through the lens of Philippians 2, 3, and 4, where Paul teaches us to regard one another as more important than ourselves. And what does that have to do with uh, the expression of giving and receiving sexual intimacy in, in the context of marriage? Key number four uh, that we just did the last two episodes was fiercely protect emotional intimacy with and for one another, and that's where we broke down what we just concluded was the eight hedges of protection that we put around our marriage. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at how to pray with and for one another with regard to sexual intimacy in marriage. Yeah, I feel like this topic or this sort of this key to better sex in marriage seems weird. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think that when we think about praying about our sex life, I think that certainly we do offer up some prayers over our sex life. And a lot of times that is like, Lord, um, I hope she's willing yeah, tonight at that kind right. of thing. Please let them be in the mood. Please, Lord, Lord, Lord please let the planets be it. in a line. Oh, gosh, honey. When we. <laughs> This I'm going back decades now, but that literally in the 90s when we were in the throes of (laughs) – I can't even talk about without laughing. I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. Just tell the story. Don't take a laughing break. This is what it felt like (laughs) when we – in the early – this would have been in probably around 92, 93 after – Reese, our second child, was born. He probably would have been a year old or less. Hannah would have been three years old by this time. But, you know, if those who are listening and you have preschoolers in the house, it's just it's just a lot. And there would be days that I'm thinking, okay, it's, it's time for us to be together. But... <laughs> It felt like, I'm not saying it's reality, but perception was that the planets all had to be in a line in that the kids had to be acting good. The house had to be clean. Dawn had to feel good about herself. 
I can distinctly remember nights that I would be getting the kids ready for bed, maybe in the bathtub, and they were starting acting up. And I was going almost panic mode of, don't, don't, you're going to destroy the remainder of the night. Please, please, don't cry, don't cry. Uh, that is a hundred percent true. So that yep. was my prayer life in the nineties for mm-hmm. our sex life. Listen, when you got littles underfoot, man, I'm telling you, those planets. It's <laughs> really it's hard. It is really hard. But you know, I mean, the Lord God made the universe, and He, <laughs> you know, He designed the planets not to stay in alignment all the time. But that That's is true. for His good and for mm-hmm. His glory. And so, you know, we we can we can figure this out. And so, to me, that just necessitates what we're going to talk about now is how to pray about our sex life and and the and and why even should we broaden it beyond those prayers of desperation (laughs) (laughs) right that's right um i feel like for myself personally um because i had you know scott and i had come to a place in our marriage we struggled in this area you've heard the story about us before we struggled in this area for a long time um a lot of it was because of the brokenness that we brought into marriage um, the difficulties we had talking about it all through the early years, um, a lot of that. But there came a point in my own life where I knew that what I would, the Sunday school answer that I would give or the things that I would teach or the really the things that I would believe about what the Bible says was one thing, but then my experience, my reality was something very different. And I got tired of that. Um, the Lord had really done a lot of things in my life. Um, and I needed him to do something here because that was very, that was very tough and frustrating for me personally. So I got to a place where I just started to talk to the Lord about it to say, I want what I say that I believe to be my reality, my experience with Scott sexually. And, uh, that's really started a journey for me personally that, um, that was really, that really transformed my thought life about our sexual experience and our actual sexual experience itself. So actually, you know, inviting God into the conversation about your sex life is probably one of the most profound things that you can do. And that's what, what we want to talk about in this key is to learn how to pray with and for one another. If, when we read in Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven, and we, this verse is so familiar to us. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Well, how does this actually apply to our sex life? Well, these words, but in everything, include our sexual experience. And for me, there was just a lot of anxiety in this, in this world, a lot of, um, unsettledness, a lot of brokenness. And I wanted to be able to apply the scriptures to this because I believe that they are prescriptive for what's broken in our lives. And so bringing this passage particularly to that process was an important first step for me, um, of actually bringing that request to God of saying, I need, I need your help here. Um, and truly, uh, God began to give me some peace in areas that I'd never had peace about in my life since I became sexually active as a teenager. I'd lost a lot of peace in this area of my 
life. But God began to bring a lot of that. And he began to settle my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. This is so important because what goes on in our heart and our mind in regard to sexual um, matters is so important. And it, and we keep God at arm's length about these things. But his, his desire is to say, no, let I want to bring healing. I want to bring peace. I want to bring settling into your heart and mind in these matters as well and keep them guarded in the truths of Christ Jesus and who he is and what he has done for me on the cross. All of these things are applicable to um, to our sex life. And as John builds on that in first John chapter five, he says, look, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Um, that's chapter five, verses 14 and 15. And truly with a, a married couple, committed couple that is in covenant relationship, a healthy sexual experience and sex life is the will of God for that couple. It was from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. It was, it was when we've talked about that earlier. If you want to listen to that, you can go back to episode one, I believe, um, when we talk about the design of it, but it is God's will for Scott and me to have a healthy and vibrant and rich sex life. And so beginning, I can have confidence when I go to him because of the forgiveness that Christ has given me on the cross and the cleansing that came about that. All shame in regard to my sexual sinful past is gone. I can approach God with confidence. I can come to the throne room with confidence to talk to him about this issue. Um, so we want to just encourage you to think and ponder over those passages as you're getting ready to start to pray about your sex life. We can talk to him about everything. We can confidently approach God with whatever's on our heart. So it stands to reason God's waiting to hear our prayer requests regarding our sex life. And we can say with assurance that that healthy relationship is God's will, as we've kind of talked about before. So we're going to talk about three ways that we can begin praying about our sexual relationship. And if you're unsure about how to pray for your marital sexuality, these are some ways that you can start that process. So number one is to pray for God to show you false or distorted beliefs you have regarding God and sex. If we can't embrace the truth that God bless sex and is blessed by our having sex, then really we forfeit his help and his power in this area. So keeping him at arm's length really is just going to keep us trying to solve problems in our own ability, or we're going to search for, we're going to Google search for that help. You know what I mean? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to be tempted to pick up that Cosmo magazine that seems to have an answer on the cover. You know what I mean? For whatever problem that we're having. And we're going to see if we can figure out how to fix what's broken in our sex lives in illegitimate ways. And for me personally, I would say one of the, one of the distorted beliefs that I had really God got his finger on for me was I really had a belief that sex was really for Scott. It was really mo- more for Scott. I, I, I believed that, that I, I was exhausted most of the time. Um, you know, we've talked about sex being the great problem eraser for men, but problems are the great, great sex eraser for women. Mm-hmm. That was really kind of true for us. Um, and I just thought, listen, he just, that's just for him to erase his problems. Um, he's got this physiological thing happening inside of his body that I don't necessarily have. 
And so it's really more for him than it is for me. And it's more my marital duty to, to be a part of that, helping him. But that's really a distorted belief. You know, God created us uh, equals before him. His love for us is the same and his provisions for us are the same. And so I had to find out how, um, how sex was for me. I had to ask God, okay, what is it? What is in it for me? Because my ideas of it is that it really was more for Scott. And God helped me to understand what the, the bonding agent that it is and provides for me as a woman, actually for a married couple, that it really creates what I'm longing for, that sense of security in our relationship, that intimate knowing of one another, that a, there's a physiological bonding that happens in us when we are together intimately that I was longing for. It wasn't necessarily just a a duty to provide for Scott to have physical release, but it was also for me as a part of finding security and uh, in true depth of intimacy in the relationship. Yeah, hun, as you, you're talking, we were talking in our staff meeting yesterday, and it's just reminded me about that. Um, and your own personal experience kind of reiterates it is, I think in life in general, not just with sexuality, but we're, we are prone to let our personal experience begin to shape and inform our theology about something. And basically what I just heard you say is, from your your broken experience with sexuality, it began to inform your theology, your biblical view of human sexuality. Mm-hmm. And one thing we have to be cautious of, guys, is letting our experience inform our theology. Really, it's it's we need to do the inverse. We need to let what God says to be true give an interpretation and maybe some meaning, some understanding, and really what Dawn is saying, bring health and healing to our experience. Mm -hmm. But this to me is an exercise in faith. What am I going to put my faith in? Mm -hmm. You know, what I see, which is (coughs) my experience, or the things that I cannot see, which is, you know, I can't always, I can't necessarily see God mm-hmm. face to face, but my faith tells me he's very real. And also my, ex- my, f- my experiences with him tell me he's very real mm-hmm. and he's faithful. And I want to put my trust in what God's word says and who he is and his character. It's really what am I going to put my faith in? My, my experience, my past experiences that my brokenness to think, well, this is the way it is and this is the way it has to be. Um, I think that it's important for us to get to a place where we can accept what is, but we don't have to accept the permanence of what is. And when we invite God into the process, then we are, op- we are saying, I don't accept the permanence of what is God. I'm, I'm asking you to, to bring about change and transformation, which he's exceptional at, but we have to have faith in him, in his word and apply that into our experience and bring that in. Which, I mean, what I'm hearing, too, is just the whole, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like, we Mm -hmm. have these wrong thinkings Mm -hmm. about everything Mm -hmm. in life, you know, and we have to let God's Word retrain our minds and our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, sex is no different. 
it's it, not it feels weird. It seems weird, but like once you really grasp and believe that he created it, designed it, you know, wants us to be pleased in it in our marriages. Once we like are comfortable with that and believe it, then we can, you know, move forward in letting the scriptures change our minds and asking him to do it. And he will. That's right. You know, for what I know to be true of God is anything that he has created, he has um, a plan and an intention for it, and he has the ability to sustain it and bring it and cause it to thrive. Yeah. And so that principle being applied into our sex life means I need to open up my mind to what the possibilities are here. And so, but, but we have to ask the Holy Spirit for those of you who are listening, you're believers in Christ, you're, you're married. And I pray that you don't have any faults or distorted beliefs in this area, but I challenge you to bring your heart before the Lord and say, look, in this particular area of my life, are there any faults or distorted beliefs that I'm, that I have? And if so, bring it, would you bring it to the surface and let's talk about it? Let's, let's, let's get this. I want to be. I want to be truthful in how I'm thinking about my sex life and about my relationship with my spouse in this particular area or how you feel about it. God, would you put your finger on that for me and and flesh that out? Um, Yeah, because when we're thinking scripturally, what Paul talks about in Ephesians, uh, where God is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to his power. That is at work within us. It's not by us trying to figure it out. And I'm, I'm going to just, you know, uh, will it into will being, it yeah, into existent and yeah. just, you know, I'm just going to grind it out. You know, that's not really where we're to be. It is, it is a faith element, Lord, of, of saying, if it's to be, Lord, it's not up to me. You're going to have to do something that could only be explained by your power and your presence mm-hmm. in our life. That's yeah. right. Marriage, sex, and prayer really are three aspects of our life where God joins us and our spouse. He deeply longs to bless all three areas of our life and to find that coming together of these three areas would serve as a really rich blessing for us. The writer of Hebrews gives us some encouragement in that he's again telling us to draw near with confidence to the throne of God. I mean, gosh, think about that, what that means. Draw near with confidence to the throne of God so that we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is such a sweet promise to us. Um, it's just like any good father would just wants their child to come to them. Just come on, come on, come to me. And come in the confidence that you are my child, because um, I want to help you. Yeah, because I can't, as we're talking, I just can't believe that God would want any of us in our marriage to settle for less than his best. A ho-hum sexual experience of just saying, well, this is as good as it gets. I, I just don't see that in the heart of the Father, because we know that God wants what's best for us. And sometimes what's limiting his best for us is not him. It's the limitations that we've set on ourselves by stinking thinking. Mm-hmm. Number two is to pray for God to give you longings only for one another. And some of you might be thinking, I don't you know, why would you, you know, well, because we see plenty of, of, of wandering longings, you know, where you're, you get down to the, just the mundane, every day making life go with one another, um, then your longings for one another can be drawn off. 
you know, it, it can be, you can be, um, as James says, deceived, pulled away, dragged away. Um, there's that process, that little process of being, um, drawn uh, off course. And so I pray regularly for Scott and I and for couples around us that God will give us only eyes for one another and, um, to see each other as our only, our solitary sexual outlet that we, get to um experience this together but Scott is the only one you know for me and i i want to i want not only to see him that way but i want my affections to be intermingled with that yeah. with that not just to see it as oh gosh you know well lord here's he's here's my only one i got to go <laughs> okay <laughs> all right lord all right since he's my only one help me <laughs> help me Jesus. help me get there <laughs> nope i want my affections for Scott to be intermingled with all of that too um you know, I don't, I don't want my affections to be pulled away from him, uh, asking God to give me eyes for only him, that my heart would pound for him, that my, I would be excited when he walked into the room, when I heard his voice. I got real specific when I was asking God, um, about this particular area, that he would give me longings only for Scott. Um, and this began to really transform, um, how I, you know, how I, how I dealt, how we dealt with the mundane, everyday, making life go relationship that tends to settle into marriage. I still wanted to be excited when I saw Scott, like I was when we were first dating, um, and first married. I, I wanted that feeling back and God gave me that feeling back. So for those of you who are like, listen, those feelings are dead and gone. Look, God is in the business of resurrection. Um, he is in the business of making all things new and to apply those truths into that, um, realm of our affections for one another can be potentially transformative to your relationship. Um, you know, I still like to be around my parents. They've been married for a really long time. Um, but I all, I see them when they see each other in the mornings. I see them, you know, uh, light up a bit when they see each other. It's so sweet to me. You know, they come in, they give each other a kiss first thing in the morning. Their affections for one another are still very much alive, you know, 58 years into marriage. That is precious to me. Well, what you see in that, honey, is that their actions are leading their heart. Because sometimes what happens in marriage we let our heart lead our actions in the sense that we want to feel it. Well, if I feel affection towards you, then I will express affection to you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to act on it because you and I have been for years now trying to mimic that ourselves by just when we kiss one another in the morning, when, when we first see each other, mm -hmm. kiss one another at night we are through our actions letting it lead our affections. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I think we wrote a blog about this recently, just about having a point of contact every day. Yeah. You know, whether it is a kiss in the morning or holding hands or, um, you know, a hug, but mm -hmm. at some point during the day, you know, build in, be sure that you build in that habit of a point of contact every yeah. day. It does so much to warm our hearts toward each other. And this is what we mean by praying for God to give you longings for one another is to 
have that affectionate feeling toward one another and to be specific about praying for those things and, um, you know, lo- giving me lo- longings for, for sexual desire. Look, I'm, you know, I'm in my fifties. I've gone through menopause. My body has changed a lot over the 30, almost 35 years that we've been married. I've been all over, all over Both the place. Both of our bodies have changed. They- <laughs> <laughs> our big joke in is like, we're not letting anybody else see this. Let's That's just- right. We're gonna, that is the truth. We're like, going to nobody remain else seeing faithful this. here because I don't want anybody to see me but you, and you don't want anybody That's but me right. to see you. Nobody <laughs> needs to see all this. And so, you know what? I'm going to stay right here where That's I am. Right. That's right. Let's just right stay right Because God still sees the wife of his youth. That's right. You are, girl. <laughs> the, Ain't nobody else is going to see me that way. <laughs> and so I'm staying right where I am. That's right. I could quote Proverbs 5 to you right now if you want me to. What is Go want, ahead. No, <laughs> no okay. I to. think that's got the word breast in it. It does. Okay. It, yeah. it does have breast. <laughs> Let's don't. And so y'all anyway, look y'all it know. Up. Listen, Some you, of, that's right. Y'all the look dudes at who are it. listening right now are going, what's Proverbs 5? Yeah, go saying? read it. That'll have listen, them read the whole chapter. Driven, and they'll be never better driven because a man to the word faster than we just did. It talks about breast. Yep. Go crack that book, boys. All right, here we go. But this is what I'm saying, is that we have had to continually work on the physical side of the relationship because so much affects it. But if our affections are not warm toward each other, we will not continue that work. Do you understand what I'm saying? If our affection, if we're not, if our affection is not for Scott, if my affections, if I allow them just to go away, then there'll be really no incentive to do the hard work of adjusting to the physical changes that come along in our relationship. And so we just want to challenge you to pray for God to continue to give you longings for one another, to build that those those affectionate feelings of of love and care for one another in into your into your relationship. The third part, is, the number three, is to pray proactively. Ephesians 6, 18 says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. You know, as I said earlier, Scott and I pray often that he would give us eyes for one another, longings for one another, help our affections be only for one another. We pray that for our young couples that we um uh, that we have influence over that are in our Sunday school class that are in our small group that are just in our world, just the couples that are around us. We pray that prayer. We want them to, um, to just be, to be able to keep their eyes on one another focused inward on their relationship in that way. And all kinds of prayers in regard to our sex life. We pray all kinds of prayers. We, we pray prayers of frequency of, for deeper intimacy for mutual pleasure and enjoyment, for the energy. And we talked about this earlier with the babies. When you got little ones in the house, man, your energy level for that is not awesome. And so praying for the energy, um, praying about our body image. If there's one thing that I know I have dealt with more than anything is that, you know, when I don't feel great about myself, I, I don't want to engage in that. Now, Scott never sees me that way. It's the way that I see myself. And so praying that God will help me in this area to accept 
my body the way it is and to understand that God, that Scott does not see me, that God does not see me that way, the way I'm, my self-talk is telling me that I am. Yeah, we need to reiterate this, hon. Uh, I know we've talked about it previous, but I just want to say, especially to the ladies who are listening, as Dawn's alluding to, how you see yourself, what you see when you look in the mirror, I can almost guarantee you is not how your husband sees you. Mm-hmm. So I want to just encourage you to take those thoughts, take those those visions of yourself captive to mm-hmm. what is true, because what you see is not how he sees you. That's right. And if that is not how you see your wife, then I hope that you are telling her mm-hmm. that that you do see her as beautiful. Mm-hmm. That you that you love her body, that you appreciate her body, and listen when her body has given you children and it's not quite the same. Yeah. be thankful. You know what I'm saying. So be thankful that and understand that. Listen, this this body was amazing enough to give me children, and you know, I mean, there are a lot of ways to reframe this. But husbands, mm-hmm. your encouragement in this area is very important as well. Yeah, Song of Solomon, um, chapter four, verse seven. Solomon said to the Shulamite wife, um, you are altogether lovely, my dear. There is no flaw in mm-hmm. you. And, fellas, let me just say this to you. Um, I, I often, in a wedding ceremony, at the end, I'll do a blessing over the the bride and the groom, and I will speak to them much like God the Father would speak to them, I believe, from his word to them if he were physically present. And it never fails. And it's usually just the bride standing, looking at me, and the groom right there beside her, the three of us making eye contact with one another. The congregants can't see any of this. But that usually is the very end of the blessing that I give to the young bride. And when I say that to them, more often than not, almost every time, the bride starts crying. Mm -hmm. And all that says to me, fellas, is there is a deep-seated belief that most women want to believe that to be true, but they just struggle to believe that Mm -hmm. it is true. You are altogether lovely, my dear. There is no flaw in you. Yes, that's right. And the the next area to pray for just is time, time in your schedule to make time for that, um, to work on if you need to be flexible in your time once our I'm sure our kids would love to hear this, but once our kids went to school or, you know, they, it's just busy in the evenings. Scott would shift to the daytime whenever they were gone to school. Mm-hmm. Nobody's at home. We had the home house. We to just ourselves. had to kick Robert Puckett out of the car. That's yes, right. <laughs> Robert, <laughs> Robert, you know, our, our best, our, he's our best friend. He, he would go with us everywhere, but we'd come back from lunch and we'd like, Robert, you. You got to get out. He said, where are y'all going? We can't tell you, but you can't go. You, know, you can't go with us, It'd Robert. be interesting to go back through all the episodes and see where, like how many times Robert, <laughs> Robert mentioned featuring Robert Puckett <laughs> in the notes. One day we'll have Robert on the podcast. Oh, we should. You know, we, we should. should. But praying for your husband, praying for your wife, praying over your bed and your bedroom, that it would be a sacred place, that it would be a special place um, for the two of you. So offering, there are just all kinds of prayers beyond the prayers of desperation, but proactive prayers that you can pray over your sex life to bring about um, 
a, a transformed mind, as Emily was talking about, this renewal of the mind of asking God, change my heart, change my mind. I need some peace and settling in this area, inviting him back into the process. Yeah. So, guys, that's the way that you can begin praying if you are not already about your sex life within your marriage. When we come back in our next episode, we're going to give you three ways to fan the flame of longing. We've already kind of alluded to it, but we're going to give you some practical steps and some biblical guidance on how to fan the flame of longing for one another. So we hope that you'll join us there. Awesome. Thank you all so much. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Forever Marriage Podcast.